Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. The season of Christmas is I love it uh, in, because of what it is actually about. I think it's a great reminder. Um, I'm not a big party person, and so this end time of the year can often be kind of draining very quickly for me, but I am energized by the reason that we celebrate. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Jesus, uh, and the Christmas story uh, and the whole nativity is the most exciting time of our Christian calendar, really. This, and obviously Easter is a big one as well, but there is no Easter without this. Uh, and the, f- the reality that God humbled himself to l- step into the limitations of his creation. Uh, it's, it's huge. I think it's such a big deal. And we talked about last week about how what we're seeing about and what we read is that it's, his name's Emmanuel, that's God with us. Is that God is no longer just far away out there and we need to stop thinking and acting and living as if God is far away, but remembering that God is here with us right now. He's not leaving our scene. In fact, he stepped fully into it on a full-time basis. And that's exciting. That's worth celebrating. That's worth our awe and adoration and our praise and our, all of this, the, the gratitude that we have. We should, it should be evident around this season of the year, not wondering what else I can get from God, but th- just stopping for a minute and going, if you never did a thing for me ever again, what you did originally with Christmas was more than I ever deserved. Rather than not seeing him as a, a Christian version of Santa, but just seeing him as who he is. He is the Lord Almighty who stepped into our world to save us from something that we could know, we they had no chance of rescuing ourselves from. Christmas is a great time. That declaration that God is here with us and he's not leaving. It's fantastic. And I think that as, as believers, we have this responsibility to carry Christ with us wherever we go. Carry him into our work, into families, into dinners, into conversations, into the, the cafe after the service once you've forgotten what I talked about already. We have this responsibility to carry him and walk with him. Let him lead and let him transform us in everything that, that he wants to. Uh, but it often takes a yes for that, well, a yes from us to actually carry Christ. It doesn't force himself upon us. It takes that yes, that that decision for us to say, I will carry Christ with me wherever I go. Often times for me, and probably not you, but for me, I'm still on a journey, is uh, I forget to carry him with me. I know that he is with me everywhere I go, but it's not an intentionality thing. It's like, oh, I turn up, I'm just a nice, lucky God's done something in my life, right? But to have that, that awareness that I am taking Christ with me today into this conversation, this awareness and this intentionality of I'm choosing to carry Christ. There's, that I will make disciples today. Why? Well, because I'm taking Jesus with me. That I will pray for the sick. Well, because he told me to and he's with me as well. That I, I will speak a certain way. I'll think a certain way. I will walk by faith because I'm carrying Christ. I've said yes constantly to the idea of carrying Christ. And throughout the Christmas story, we find a number of people, luckily and well, fortunately for us, a number of people said yes to to carrying Jesus. And all throughout history, a lot of people have said yes to this, and we get the privilege of just sitting on the receiving end of a lot of their yeses. But it doesn't just stop there. We need to keep making this decision as well. But they said a simple but a powerful 
yes, this response. And I think it's amazing as we look into what happened originally just before all of this Christmas story unraveled. I think it's amazing that God chose uh, to do his whole, this whole nativity, uh, not just with his divinity, but with our humanity. I think it's amazing that he chose to use our humanity in it. Not that he, he required it. He could have just done it completely out of his divinity. But he made the decision, he chose to include our humanity. And the thing is that he's still awaiting our yes for us. For his divinity to step into your humanity is awaiting the same yes that we see throughout the Christmas story. People who said yes to that. And yes, he could force his way into all of our lives. He could just show up, kaboom, this is it, and take all the faith away, take all of our responsibility away, take it out of our hands completely and make us into subservient robots. But no, he chooses to await humanity's yes for his divine involvement. I think it's amazing. And when we look at the Christmas story, we see that his divinity required, or he, he, he required our humanities to say yes. And this began with the angel approaching Mary. Uh, and with the scenario, we can see that God is going to step into the world in a combination of divinity and humanity to be fully God and to be fully human. This is it's not fully one or fully the other. He could have, could have just done it glowing, completely divine, but he wanted to be fully God and fully human. And so this baby was heaven sent, but needed a womb to be carried on. And Mary's response is quite amazing, I think. So let's read it in Luke 1. It said, In the six months of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, uh, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this may be as we all would if we saw a bright shining light and a giant angel standing in front of us. I think it's fair enough to be troubled. Well, greetings. Holy moly, you interrupted my Netflix. Yep. Anyway, but the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will call him Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Fair enough. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And so the Holy One will be born, uh, will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative is going to have a child in her old age and she was uh, she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Man, that verse should be highlighted under in all of your Bibles. The word of God will never, ever fail. But look at Mary's response here. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word, uh, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. What a response! to that scenario. What a response to absolutely any scenario in our life. Wouldn't this be an amazing thing? Could you imagine a church whose their response to everything that God had said to them was, I'm your servant, let your word just be fulfilled. If we just were just had a resounding, a simple, but a powerful yes, like Mary, just yes, okay. Yeah, if that's what God wants, if that's what God has said, well, let it be fulfilled. Something so confident, what, what, uh, 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 like an amazing scenario that's still impacting us today. This teenager who was, who knows what she was doing at the time, angel comes before her and says, this is what's going to happen. Your life is about to change. I don't know what your family plans were, Mary, but they've changed right now. 
I don't know what kind of, what, what period of the year you were hoping to have a child in to get them into the school grade at the right time of year. But things have changed. I know you're about to get married, but, well, here's a cog in the works a little bit. And her response was not, oh, Lord, can you just wait? Can you give it six months? Can you just, can you maybe just hold off a little bit? Can you explain to me a little bit more? Because this was just a couple of minutes of an interaction with a divine angel, right? Most of our response to things that we have a fairly decent understanding of in our faith comes with, a, I just think I need to get a bit more understanding. But we can find here that the power in Mary's decision wasn't found in her understanding, it was found in her willingness. Willingness to just walk by faith. Willingness to just say, well, if this is the word of God, I'm just a humble servant. Of course, rather than, well, if, hang on, angel, just let me just sit down and break it down for me. I, I, like, I know we're speaking Hebrew right now, but what's the Hebrew mean for that? And how does that affect this part of life? And what about this? And she didn't like, mm, okay, well, just, can we just study it through first before I say yes or before I say no to this? So, it, like, I'd love to say yes, but I just feel I'm not quite ready yet. If anyone's got the excuse, it's this teenage girl who just got surprise jumped by an angel <laughs> to go, whoa, just let me process all this. Should I talk to my fiance? Do I need to get mum and dad to sign a permission form? Whatever it might have been, but her response was just a faith-filled, yes, Lord. What would happen, I think, in a city if the church would just be willing to say, Lord, I am your humble servant? And if you've said it, well... Yes, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to continue to move. Because the ongoing story of Christmas for us today is just as dependent on our response as it was for them, for Mary at that point. It's dependent on our response whether we say yes or not to the invitation to carry Christ in us too. Because that's the invitation we all have. Will you carry Christ with you? See, for Mary, it was a literal thing. For us, luckily, we're not going to be popping out baby Jesuses everywhere that we go. But the same invitation to carry Christ with us is there. Will we carry Christ? Will we allow God's divinity into our humanity? But it's still just like then, it awaits a yes. Imagine that God's divinity is awaiting your response right now. What could today look like if we gave a response intentionally and very aware of the response we're giving? What could, what could this Christmas season, what would Christmas lunch, what would going to work tomorrow, what would heading back to school or talking to the family members or what would that be if we made the intentional and very aware decision that I'm responding to carry Christ with a yes? I think it might make a difference. But I like here how the angel points out that carrying Christ means that you're highly favoured. Said twice, hang on, don't freak out, you're highly favoured. And she had another freak out and said, hey, 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 God's favour is with you. Stop freaking out. You are highly favoured. But carrying Christ is a, is a thing that reveals that we are highly favoured. This theologian, he writes a commentary that I use sometimes named Martin Manser. He describes favour as this, looking kindly upon someone or treating someone with special regard. The Bible stresses kindness and graciousness of God, which is not the result of human merit or achievement. It's a gift for those who love and follow him. I like that, looking kindly upon someone. See, I, I'm, I, I've, not personally, but I've been involved in having three children. <laughs> I'll make that clear distinction before I lose over half of you. 
But I don't think Becca, there was plenty of times during pregnancy where I don't think that she saw the experience as being looked kindly upon. I was in the room where they were birthed, and it would not be the moment where I go, gosh, Beck, you are highly favoured right now. I was looking at going, I'm so thankful to be here, not there. (laughs) And she loved it, all those things, wonderful. It's a great experience. But here we find Mary being told, you are highly favoured. I'm throwing all of your life plans out the window. we, We would struggle if God were to intervene in our world with a different plan, whether to to see it as highly favoured or highly inconvenienced. Wouldn't we? If God just popped up and said, hey, I know that you had one idea, but guess what? I'm going to throw something in the midst that's going to take you on a much more amazing, different kind of journey. It's going over here. It's going to impact a lot of people, but it's got, it really doesn't look anything like what you want. We'd sit, mm, it looks highly annoying highly burdensome. And we would often see, like, you're about to have a baby, you've got to explain this to a whole culture that does not approve of what you're about to do, be pregnant outside of wedlock. You're you're in a culture that this is going to absolutely shock, that you're going to say that, well, an angel came and said that you're going to have the Messiah. Well, guess what? You were not the first one to make this claim. Welcome to the crazy ward. You get this, all of a sudden, it was, this was highly favoured is what the angel's saying because guess what? Carrying Christ with us means that we carry the hope of the world, that we carry grace that the world is crying out for. We carry the power and the miraculous along with us. We carry uh, the Lord Almighty within us who, who can move mountains, who can set the, the captives free, that can release people from oppression and possession, that can heal the sick. We carry the very presence of God. And you go, well, she carried a literal baby. No, she carried someone who was fully God and fully human. Guess what? We carry someone who is just fully God. Doesn't make the Holy Spirit any less part of the Trinity as it was, because the humanity is what we kind of grab hold onto, but can I help you grab hold of the divinity for a second? And so I hear the angel saying, you are highly favoured. I just wonder how often that the thing that we have found high favour in, that we look at as highly inconvenienced highly burdensome, that he's given us a great commission to make disciples and you're like, oh, that's just, how long is it actually going to take? And we see it as, rather than an amazing calling, a purpose on our life, we see it as something that if I can tag in at the end of the week, I might get to it. Where he said, hey, I've placed a purpose and gifts within you that will make the church flourish, it will make the world flourish and it will start to align. His kingdom come, his will be done. And we go, yes, I get that, but can I just get this other kingdom going first? And sometimes we want yes to the kingdom without saying yes to the king. But here we find this wrestle. I just just think Mary's response is just amazing. That in in all the things that I felt God say to me over the time and my first response is that sounds like a burden. Hers is, okay, I'm favoured. The times I've felt felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go, why don't you pray for that person? They're sick. And didn't you preach recently that God heals the sick? And I go, don't quote me, or quote you, quoting me, quoting you, <laughs> to me. <laughs> and the heart's going, <laughs> in that moment, I don't go, wow, I'm highly favoured. I go, geez, talk to a better Christian in the room, please. 
oh, okay, but I found that the times that I've stepped out in faith and I've listened to the leading of the Holy Spirit, guess what? I start to agree with him going, thank goodness I'm highly favoured. If I didn't carry Christ, that would have been a useless conversation. But because I carried Christ, man, the whole, all of heaven was in that prayer. Oh, well, nothing, maybe nothing happened. It's like, oh, well, that's not me. I've, I can't heal anyone with all of my humanity. I am fully dependent on God's divinity to see heaven invade earth. I don't know the seeds that we sow, but I know the times that the Holy Spirit has spoken, I see it as burden, that when I've said, yes, Lord, I will carry you, that I've discovered he's right, I'm highly favoured. And we carry these things. When you look at the options of carrying Christ and not carrying Christ, well, you can see which one is more favourable, yeah? Paul says this in, in Colossians 1.27, he says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, if we believe in that, you start to see why, well, if I carry Christ, I am highly favoured. Not carrying Christ, the burden of the world. It's the hope of glory. It's the hope that, that people have and are crying out for. And guess what? As believers, it's our responsibility to carry that with us everywhere we go. So when we're going into a situation that we just want to... Uh, Exhale, we go, no, it is Christ in me is the hope of glory for this situation, for every person that I run into today. I'm changed by the person that I carry with me because we carry hope, that we carry light into dark places, peace where there's no peace, the miraculous power of God to a world that is crying out from a touch of heaven. And I wonder if we were all on board with heaven invading earth, with revival with God reaching down and touching people's lives and seeing the sick healed and, and we just we know this world needs a touch from God but what if what if God is waiting for his church to go touch the world saying hey you are the Christ carriers I've given you everything you need to see all these things you are believing for but the thing is we believe from a distance he says no I'm not, we're not shooting laser beams across the border we're carrying Christ everywhere we go do we are called every Christmas, every time of the year to carry Christ? Because I think the world needs a Christ-carrying church. We, the world does not need a Jesus advocacy group. Does not need like just members of, of a value-based club. But the world needs a Christ-carrying church. People who are willing to walk out of these doors and walk into their homes saying, I am carrying Christ, the hope of glory with me today. So you know, you can tell what people are carrying in their life because they change depending on what they carry. Now, Mary was obviously going to go through some very obvious changes. She was literally pregnant. She was going to start having some wild cravings, likely. She was going to experience a range of emotions very rapidly and constantly through the day. Unlike Beck, she was very steady and perfect. <laughs> but my experience of hanging around Pregnant, sometimes there can be emotions. There can be different thoughts all of a sudden and different feelings and all these types of things. There were going to be little, not only was she just going to get physically bigger as well as carrying, but you can tell what she was carrying. You can tell that she's pregnant. There's not a secret. Beck, I think like eight minutes later, you could tell that she was pregnant after the first one. The rest of them were like, hide, Beck. We, it's too early to show anybody. But you, we all know someone, and maybe, maybe you are this person, we all, who is still carrying, and you can tell, is carrying the pain from the past. And they walk into a room, and if you're a parent, you become hyper-aware of the atmosphere that people have around them. 
as they're around your kids, you go, I don't like what they're carrying. There's an air, you just go, I need to protect them from whatever this atmosphere is. They're talking about these things, that thing. No, I need to shelter, we put it away. You can, you can tell people are carrying something. There's an atmosphere about it. You can tell people who are carrying joy. They've got springs in their shoes. They're bouncing around. Every, every, oh, hey, it's so good. And they're, and they're mourning people. Put here to test us and be an example for us as well. Just the joy. But you can tell. You, you carry yourself differently depending if you have good news to tell someone or bad news to tell someone, don't you? There's good news. On Christmas morning, if you've nailed the Christmas gift and they're about to open it, you can't put your smile away. You are trying to hold it in. You're just going, oh my God. But because it has changed you, what you were carrying. You've got good news. You've got joy. I've got the excitement. I mean, but, but if there's bad news, you hang up the phone call and you've got to deliver the, the report. It changes you. You walk in with a different atmosphere in a different way. And, and as we carry Christ, it, it should change us. In fact, I think it has to. It has to change us. Just like light cannot impact darkness, Jesus cannot not change the believer. Oh, when we have conversations with people, you can should be able to tell that they've got hope of glory within them. It changes what we look like. It changes how we see and the things that we say. It changes how we walk through life and how we think. See, carrying Christ changes the priorities that we have. It changes the purposes that we pursue. It changes our values. It doesn't add on to it. It changes these priorities, not going, well, I'm doing all these things and now I have Jesus over here. But no, I have a king to consider. I am no longer the king. I'm not a sole dictator of my life anymore. I have a king to consider in everything. So my priorities run through a different filter. My purpose is now different. Not, oh, I hope to achieve this. It's like, Lord, where are you leading me? As we carry Christ, it changes us. In the same way light impacts darkness. Look, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3, he says, and we all, we all are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. And I'll touch that a sec. Which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. All of us are being transformed into his image. See, this is what he's saying. This is how people change. They say yes to God. Transformed into his with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. See, a commentary on this verse that I have puts it this way. It says, we change, we grow, because of God's abiding presence in us through the Holy Spirit. When we say yes to carrying Christ, this is how we change. And the glory that Paul talks of is the experience of salvation available to us now and brought about by the Holy Spirit who leads Christians from justification, which is the beginning that you're just as if you've never sinned. You give your life to Christ and boom, justified. Through to sanctification, which is the I'm becoming like Jesus now to glorification, which is with him forever in heaven. So it says, the Holy Spirit who leads Christians from justification through to sanctification all the way to glorification. And as, as we keep saying yes to carrying Christ and reflecting him, we are progressively being transformed into his likeness. As we keep saying yes to Christ, we're being transformed into his likeness. Look, he writes about this a lot in his letters. Ephesians 4. In Colossians 3, it says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Colossians, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Can I just say, 
It's Christ-likeness that is the goal of the Christian walk. Not an accident, not a byproduct. It is the goal for each of us to be like Christ. And Christ-likeness requires humanity to say yes to his divinity. As we see in all those verses, it's let him work through you. Allow him, put on your new nature. I can't believe that there's a word like let the spirit renew because let signifies to us that we have a role to play there, that we can let him or we can not let him, that we can put on our new nature or we don't. There is a role for our humanity to play with his divinity. And it's the thing that brings transformation. So Christ-likeness is the goal. I think sometimes we make being blessed by God the goal. And if I happen to look more Jesus-y through all the riches and blessing that I get, fantastic. But can I tell you, it's actually the other way. Is that Christ-likeness, it is the goal. And the more like Jesus we become, the greater we become blessed. The more favor that we walk in the more freedom that we experience. It is not give me the fruit and then I'll find the tree. It is become like Christ and you'll find that fruit comes from that. But can you imagine being so aware that you carry Christ? Rather than just saying, yeah, I know that I am a Christian and we'll just see what happens today. But making the aware and conscious decision, today I know I, I am a Christ carrier. That when you walk into your Christmas Day celebration, that you are not just bringing a plate of food and a bag of gifts, but you are also carrying Christ into the family time. What about if you were so aware that you carried Christ into your workplace? Wouldn't you hear conversations differently? You would have a different filter. It wouldn't be on autopilot and then hopefully he just shouts loud enough. That's what I always pray. Lord, speak loud. (laughs) I am moving. Keep up. Well, what if I carried Christ into my workplace and into my gyms and my friend circles and into these scenarios? And I knew it. I knew that right now I am a carrier of Christ, the hope of glory. Has all the power, the, the, same Christ, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within me. All of a sudden, conversations sound a bit different because I've got a different filter. I have a new lens I'm looking through. I'm considering the king that is within me, that I know that he who is in with is greater than he that's in the world. I've moved from carrying a title of Christian to being transformed into his likeness. And I think think for a lot of us, and maybe some of us here, and maybe for again, some of us need to make this decision to say yes to carrying Christ and allowing his transformational work to, to take part in our life. I think some of us might need to actually say yes to carrying Christ and not just yes to the title of Christian. Because honestly, what benefit is a title without the transformation? What benefit is the sticker of saying, I've gone to church, when the offer is, would you allow heaven to invade your world? It's not highly favoured to be a part of the club, but it is highly favoured to walk around carrying carrying Christ with us. As I said, the world is not, it is not in need of an advocacy group for the church. It's not in need for a, a highly good-valued moral society club membership. The world is in need of Christ carriers. And just as Mary's decision to say yes to God's divinity is still impacting humanity today, I am fully convinced that the invitation to be a Christ carrier for every single one of us, it will, it, it will be the pivotal thing that makes a difference in this city, 
It is the thing that, that our family will be able to look back at and determine whether we were Christ carriers or not. It is the thing the history books should be able to look back and say, was there a church in Toowoomba who decided to be a, a Christ carrier or just good value-filled people? It is the thing that will have generational impact that will determine, will the future be filled with Christ carriers? Because Mary's yes is still impacting us today. All these are people who said yes throughout history. We get the benefit of the rewards, the, the joy, the, 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 everything that we have in our faith is because people said yes. Oh, who will benefit from our yes? We will, of course. But could you imagine a church that said yes to carrying Christ, what it could do in a, in a city? Could you imagine what it would do in a family? And not just the one you have now, but the generations to come. That they'll look back and say, Granddad didn't just attend church every Easter and Christmas, but man, Granddad carried Christ. There was something different with him. I'm so thankful that generations ago that there was a church who just carried Christ passionately, everywhere, intentionally. That they just didn't have a good time on Sundays, but man, the power of God went with them, the grace of God, hope, this love, this peace, joy was completed. See, I think that it will be informed by our decision and our awareness to carry Christ. Not just the label, but the very Spirit of God who saves, who heals. No less than the person of Jesus because, well, other than his humanity, we have the complete divinity within us as well. So church, I think it's time to say yes to carrying Christ. Maybe we say it all the time. I think today we just say it again and tomorrow we say it again and when the scenarios come up, we just keep saying, yes, I'll carry, I'll carry Christ. God, allow your divinity to evade my humanity. So would you say yes to him, church? Not just in theory, but to carry. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you sent your son into this earth. You humbled yourself and man, it would have been borderline humiliating to step into the world you created. Lord, to put yourself into those restraints. <clears throat> and yet you did it to bridge the gap that you'd be Emmanuel, God with us. Not just God around us and out there near us, but you were God within us. Oh, I thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit. It's not lesser than the Father, or lesser than the Son, is equal part in this Trinity. That you've given us your very presence, all that we need and more. And I just pray that we, we are known as carriers of your presence. Lord, conduits of your spirit. Let's be Christ carriers everywhere we go. Well, the church needs to be a powerful place. It needs to be a powerful people and the power we get is not from our humanity, it's not from our understanding, but it's our willingness to say yes to your involvement, to your divinity in us and through us. Lord, help us to become more and more like Jesus. Lord, every day as we say yes to you, lead us in certain directions. Lord, guide our thoughts and our words and filter the things that we hear. Lord, give us a new lens to see the world through as we become more and more like you. Lord, we need you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. 
If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.